Welcome to Nairobi Chapel and Makasi. We go deep to reach wide. Timothy chapter 4. We're reading from verse 1 to 16. If you're there, say my amen. Let's read. The Spirit clearly says that in the latter times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. They forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and who know the truth. For everything God created is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, because it is consecrated by the word of God and prayer. If you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good minister of Christ, Jesus, nourished in the truths of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. Verse 7, have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train or spiritually discipline yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. That is why we labor and strive because we have put our hope in the living God who is the savior of all people, and especially of those who believe. Command and teach these things, verse 11, verse 12, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, devote yourselves or yourself to the public reading of scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which was given to you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day that you've blessed us with to gather together in worship and in your word and just in celebrating your goodness of our lives. Jehovah, as we hear your word, as we look into the wisdom of your word, speak to us. Protect us from the enemy who desires to sift us like wheat. He desires that we are lost and not in the light and wisdom of God. Jehovah, walk with us as we hear your word today. Walk with us as we leave the house of God so that we are, we are fruitful, we, 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 we get... Uh, 30, 40, 60, 100, even a thousand fold back what we sowed in your heart. Jehovah, we bless you for this time together. In Jesus' name, we all shout. Amen. So, guys, last week we began this series by reminding us that the reason Paul uses a lot of this lingo, your sports, and running, and all of that is because the Greeks were known to really love physical training. We said simple things like If you're wondering why we have things like the Olympic Games, they started right in Greece. And Paul is using this lingo because he's talking to Timothy, his young protege, Kumwambia boss. Don't be like the Greeks. Don't follow the culture. Don't be so much into what they believe. 
tafadhali sikiza what the spirit of god is saying and i hope by the masses of god month the times we spend together that you will begin to understand that the spirit of god is always against the culture that he never goes with the grain of the culture and that even the things you're talking about even today you might listen and go like but that's not what we are doing in our times and so i would beg you just like john said in the book of revelation that you do not harden your heart because the spirit of god wants to mold us to become more like christ and so that's why we talk about spiritual disciplines we said that the spiritual disciplines are what is found between salvation and fruitfulness once you receive jesus I hope we all have. Is there anybody who has not received the Lord in their heart? Is there? If you're there, I beg you by the masses of God, receive him. Receive him today. Because we don't know when our last breath will be. None of you knows. If you do, watch it after service. Because we need to find out. I don't think any of us knows. Because of that, we need to receive Jesus quickly. Receive him because your eternal life depends on it. We don't know where you're going if you don't receive the Lord. I think we do. Come on, some scripture because scripture at Wambia, your soul will go into eternal damnation. The fires of hell will overwhelm you for the rest of your life before destruction in the end of times. And so I beg you, we see Kuogopa, I heard. I joke once about the preacher who had a matatu Nairobi Akienda Karen. And you know those guys. Zile buses are And so Akotula Nata. Alikuwa nafika and that was the highlight of the summer. Anatana na angalia the graves. Anasema jifigiri. By the time to kakua tunawugia ima neno kesho. That's not what I'm going to say, but I don't know when your last breath will be. And so please, 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 by the mercies of God, receive it. And so between receiving the Lord and fruitfulness, which is what we're supposed to do, we're supposed to be fruitful. We shall know them, the Bible says, by their fruits. Who seem kind? This one, Anamasira. This one, hey, loves people. We know you by your fruits. Between fruitfulness, Galatians chapter 5, and salvation, Romans 10, is what we're talking about this month. Spiritual discipline. In order for us to attain what God has called us to attain, how he designed us, in order for us to be pleasing to God, in order for us to be called holy and righteous before him, it's not necessary to receive the Lord. Yes, when you receive the Lord, you're called holy and righteous before you. But we'll know you still by how you behave and how you act. And so that difference, that space between you receiving the Lord and you being fruitful is what is spiritual discipline. And I asked the question even last week, how disciplined are you? How disciplined? Not even in the things that you're supposed to be disciplined in. For example, we need to take a shower daily. I'm a uni woman. I could not move to this side. I'm very disappointed. 
Somebody needs to move. Somebody needs to move. <laughs> Are you disciplined in waking up at the right time? How many Netflix in the Pelagambia? Are you disciplined in your finances? Are you, di- <laughs> Are you disciplined in your friendships? Are you disciplined in the things of God? Is where we are. Ah, yeah. One of the things that I really want to talk about, in as much as we're talking about the word of God, we study with the word of God. But I've always tried to remind guys that the word of God didn't just get to us by osmosis, by magic. The word of God took a process to get to us. And it is this process that has the secret of the gift that you are going to start with today. In the whole Bible, how many writers in total are there? Rough estimate. Genesis to Revelation. How many writers, roughly? Theologians in the house? Those who love the word of God? How many writers? Roughly, I'm trying to see how I do this CDI and this There's something I'm thinking about. I'm not that as fast as him. How many writers? How many writers? 27. Any others? How many writers roughly? What was that? 26. <laughs> Give me strength. 26. I'm not even acknowledging that one. There are roughly about 40 writers. 40. Who wrote the first five books? Moses. How did he write them? I'm preempting today. How did he write them? We know. Holy Spirit. But what did he use? What did he use? The left hand. Sour. The left hand. What was he? What was he? What was on his left hand? <laughs> what, what did he use? Let's let's let's, let's talk. Let's talk kidogo. Tunajua. This is Najua. What what did he use? What did he use? Paper? Hey, papyrus. I'm ignoring you. Yes. And one of the things you know about Moses is he was highly educated. Remember? Moses was highly educated in which country? Egypt. Egypt was one of the best civilized nations in the world. And so, God never made a mistake with him. When he called him, he knew exactly what he was doing. There's something that I had a preacher say once, and I want to remind you today. There is nothing you're going through in your life that is a waste. Nothing. 
Even the bad. See you I'm gonna say my own. When Moses, imagine Moses being brought into the Egyptian palace, and him realizing God later in his life. He must have been like, what was the point of all of this? When he eventually kills the Egyptian and runs away. He's a mother. But in walking with God, there is nothing that you've done in your life that is a waste. Nothing. And so that's where we see the first writing of the scriptures. The Bible says in the book of Exodus 24, verse 3 and 4, when Moses went and told the people all the Lord's words and laws, these after God called him up to go to get the tablets, they responded with one voice, everything the Lord has said you will do. Okay, they never did it eventually. But verse 4, Moses then wrote down everything the Lord had said. He wrote it down. Wrote it down. So see, magic. Your, the spirit of the Lord comes upon you and you mention things to people for generations ah, there is a way it gets to us it was written down and when you see throughout scripture God used farmers yes farmers one farmer in scripture was who? one theologian Amanda who? Abraham Yes, Adam. We are Elisha. Yes. Any others? Fishermen. They are farmers, isn't Fishermen. Fish farming. Isn't fish farming? Hey, sorry. Any others? God used farmers. He used warriors. He used guys you never assumed would do anything in the kingdom of God. He is no respecter of persons. And so, the Bible is not written by a group of men who got together and decided that they wanted to include, to include anything in it or just include themselves in it. Instead, the Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit contains the words of God, revelation from God. And the Bible seriously, and I said this last week, talks about God. This is why we can trust the Bible to teach us the truth about God and his plan for our lives. Second Peter, let me read it. No prophecy of scripture came about by the prophets or interpretation of things. They never sat down and thought, they eat, this will help. It was not their thoughts, their minds. It was the inspiration of the Spirit of God. Prophecy never had its origin in the human will. Prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And so, the reason we ask you to take the word of God seriously is because it is the very breath of God. It will be similar last week. But, one of the things you must remember is that in getting to us this stuff was written that's where we get our next spiritual discipline apocalyptic before we get there though, another question how many thoughts do you process in a single day 
Rough figure, ball pump. Two. But you are a group of Thursday, you know, you're going to Hey, two. I am going to say two. Any other figures? Sorry? Siski? Very many. Yeah, you know, Lisa, how many? <laughs> Roughly. Roughly? 10,000 You're processing. We process about 70,000 thoughts every single day. 24 hours. 70,000. This. <laughs> doctors say this is one of the main reasons of stress. <laughs> so you're not stressed. Well, stress, stress be in Guinea. Of course, how? No, I'm not supposed to be a small group. But obviously, now by the way, small group is six to seven. I mean, I'm here to hey, pastor, six to seven. What do I tell you, Papa? Me, I'm sure I've shared you two thoughts a day. <laughs> so stress comes from this space. But the moment we put our thoughts down on paper, we release most of these thoughts. Therefore, translation, we are less stressed. This is the power of journaling. How many of us do journaling? You journal your thoughts. Do you journal? Yes, no? Now these are specifics of a human. Journaling is the act of writing down your thoughts and feelings to understand them more clearly. It has more benefits, like managing anxiety. It helps with depression. Prioritizes problems. If you have ten problems, you need to figure out where to, where to start. Fears help solve solve problems. It helps identifying negative thoughts and behaviors. So, do you really jump on your coffee? We will impair eyesight. What's the difference? Why, why did I slap this one? What was going on? <laughs> it helps us know ourselves better when we journal. So what the people chosen by God were doing is putting down their thoughts and feelings on paper. And thereby, they didn't necessarily just help themselves. They helped us in the long run. Journaling is a powerful spiritual discipline that will not only benefit you, but generations after you as well. Can you imagine if your parents journal their life, even you, and the stories of your life? To be amazing. At uh, entry number six, June 19, 19. Is the same year? That would be beautiful. Though. Like I like me, I like asking questions. So I normally go to my folks and ask, "Hey, when you took your in school, how was it? How to, how are we behaving?" 
what was I doing? How did I like girls? Did I hate them? Hizo naambi wangu, siwaambia, so we waited, you know? I was being told that apparently in nursery school, I was the one leading prayers in, 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 in Shule. The day they told me that, I was like, wait a minute, I, I, what, how? How that happened to me, I don't know. But I wish somebody wrote a journal of that process, you know? Oh, the teachers thought one day, let's have the kids lead prayers. Then they went and asked this dude who had, was just making noise. Wakamuita, then they told him, stand here, maybe you'll be useful here. Wouldn't it be amazing if you knew the stories of your life? This is what the prophets did. Because if you look at the life of David, for example, David was general. My soul, my soul, why are you so downcast within me? That is him asking the question of why is he so downtrodden? Why is he so broken? Why? So we get his thoughts today and they make sense. Because when you're broken, when you read that, you're like, I can resonate. And so I will encourage you very powerfully. Try as much as possible to journal more often. Yes, we take photos. But I never look at a photo of them and say, parents, I know something was going on in the, in the likes of try as much as possible. By the way, it's, like we said last week, guys, to be disciplined is not easy. Even for something as simple as just work, it's not easy. So journaling will not be easy. But try it. Try to journal a portion of your life if you can. Let's say even a month or a day or a year. Just say, hey, let me try and put this down. Because that's exactly what this guy did. What these guys did. And because they did it, we can still hear God thousands of years later. Imagine that. If your dad told you, my dad was telling me the story of how he, he wanted to work the, work the first year in a papel broom. And he was just from doing a diploma, doing technical something. And he didn't say no. He was like, cousin, cousin. Back then, and then he tells me the journey of how he went through his life and finished having bought a house. When you think of that, you're like, ooh, boss. Journal. But now we're talking about journaling the things of God. When you're reading the scriptures that were journaled by those guys back then, do you take time to pause? To think through? What were these guys talking about? Context. Let me context last week. Where was this written? By who? To speak to what culture? So in the spiritual benefits of journaling, number one, we must understand, even before we look at the, the benefits, is begin. If it's been a while, go back. Write your thoughts down. Fikiria through what you're going through, even today. Maybe, just maybe, your healing today is based upon you purposing to start journaling today. Someone to Jehovah, this is what I'm processing. I don't understand how tomorrow will come to be an end. I don't know how my parents are feeling. I miss my folks. I don't like this manager. Help me 
Nielea was going on. And then find a way to put them down. Some of us record our voices. I've noticed I love that. Me, Kwandika, you don't go. I don't like it. And so I like recording, I like photos, me and take photos anywhere and everywhere and whenever. Do we have to take photos? I'm like, yes. <laughs> I love to take photos. Some of us write. Some of us, I don't know, find a way today. But journaling the word of God helps us to number one, to number our days. Psalm 90 verse 12, teach us number our days, O Lord, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. How do we number our days? How do you make sure that you're taking advantage of the little time God has given you now? How? By making sure that every day is taken well. You take stock of your day. But see quite pity too. But Napolita Sandy, how are you? Hey, good, are you wiki man? You know those statements? How, how was today? Ah, it's a blah. I have no idea what happened today. I just know situation. Do you take stock of your day? How do you take stock of your day? Do you begin your day with the word of God? Do you pray? Do you talk to him? numbering your day start taking your days very important because pretty soon they'll be gone the bible says we are like a shadow we are like flowers of the field that today are there and tomorrow are not we are but wind that one minute is blowing and the other is gone begin to take stock of your day and one of the best ways to do it is through the word of god have you ever noticed that when you pray in the morning, read God's word, converse with the Lord? Yes, trouble will come. Trouble, Jesus will say, I promise you, trouble will come. But the moment you connect with the Lord in the beginning of the day, there is a difference. Now, what seems like a big problem is not that big of a problem. There is a peace that Jehovah gives, even through the issues we go through. No wonder he tells us, number your days. Start to take stock of them. Today, not tomorrow. Think of what you're doing. Start it with the Lord. It doesn't matter where you are. Start it. When you do, you gain the heart of wisdom. All of a sudden, you start taking days very seriously. Your family, your children, your friends, your parents. You start noticing your deviating towards the thing God deviates to. All of a sudden, what he takes serious, you're taking serious. Starting to number your days, I believe, is a practice of the fear of the Lord. When done with him in the morning. And the fear of the Lord brings wisdom. All of a sudden, your heart gains wisdom. Number two, Journaling the word of God helps us to rest in God. Matthew 11, 28 to 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, 
For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Verse 30, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus invites us to walk with him. When he says, take my yoke upon you, you know, when you put a yoke on cattle, it is two by two. Two must work together. No wonder the Bible says, you cannot work together unless you agree. That's the picture of the yoke. Jesus is saying, the yoke is on my neck already. This work of salvation. Let's work together. These 70,000 pots per day, unfortunately, because we live in a very sinful and dark world, most of them are very painful thoughts, difficult things. That is why God invites us to walk with Him. Because in Him is the fullness of joy, despite what you're seeing. How do you cater for the stressful thoughts? Rest in Him. Walk with Him. This is the purpose of journaling. You know, when you're journaling, you're going through your day. You're say, hey, today was difficult. I, I, I don't believe that I met so and so and I was still angry. Yes, I've forgiven you, but I, I'm still angry. But the word of God in Nambia Leo, from what I've read, to love my enemies. Come on, the scripture that I hate. Loving your enemy. <laughs> but it is God's word. The beauty is, though, the Holy Spirit has been promised to us. He lives in us if you've received him. And so it means we will get help. Guys, when we journal the word of God, as we walk through it, we get rest for our souls. You get rest for these thoughts that are overwhelming you. Some of you over here are wondering, will I make it this year? Will I be okay? Those are thoughts. If you're doing 70,000 thoughts a day, we can divide that by 24. How many thoughts are we doing per hour or to yourself? Two? 2,000? 3,000? To send 3,000. How many per minute? Divide by 60. 400? Somewhere there. How many per second? 50. Almost 40. So your brain is just running with things. Guys, to get rest for your soul, one of the ways Channel God's word. Write it down as you walk. No wonder I love walking through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. The Bible is a complete story from Genesis to Revelation. Complete. It begins with the wrath of God and ends with the hope of God. It begins with cursing, ends with blessings. Imagine that. So no wonder I'm like, guys, read it. Pray through it. Number your days with it. The more you do it, these thoughts, you'll be surprised. Try it. But the more we journal God's words, guys, 
The more we begin to see how our thoughts are, even with God's work, the more we know ourselves, through the lens of God's word, and the more we begin the process of another powerful spiritual discipline. What journaling should lead you to, one of the things it should lead you to, is a spiritual discipline of confession. The spiritual discipline of confession. Why? Because we are basing it on God's word. Journaling through God's word gets us to confront ourselves, and especially the worst part of ourselves. You know, those, you, know, you, know, you know those moments? You're like, ah, I took all the pieces of chicken. <laughs> when God's one tells you to love your enemies, the very first thing that happens is you instantly think of those that you don't like. Love your enemies. You're like, ah, John D. DC. I'll find you in the field. <laughs> Those that resemble your enemies and are also the people that you think about when God says love your enemies. But what it forces you to do is confront the emotion. Why do you hate them? Confession, guys, isn't just admitting to sin. It's not just feeling bad about your sin. God is saying you should love these people. I feel bad about it. That is being self-centered. It's saying the same thing about your sin that God is saying about it. That's a journey in itself. But let me say that again. Confession is saying the same thing about your sin that God is saying about it. That is being God-centered. The reason I ask you to read the word of God consistently, consistently, is this. We have to begin to get the mind of God. What the blessing of God's word is, eventually, is saying, I agree with God's word. And even if I don't, I trust that what he's saying is correct. Because it's Jehovah. And so I'll walk the journey. If God says you must not avenge your enemies but love them, you don't avenge. You find a way to love them. Even if you don't know, you pray through the ways of loving them and the Spirit of God helps us. So, the, dis the, the, the spiritual discipline of confession, one, is the knowledge that we are born into sin through the damning sin of Adam and Eve and the knowledge that to be right with the Holy God we must admit our damning sinful nature. Do you constantly go before the Lord and accept the fact that you are a sinful human being? Like even throughout the day, even on the days that you are the best person in the world, do you still go before him and say, Jehovah, I can't point to anything, but forgive me because I know somewhere, somehow, I know I missed the mark. I know. Because all of us have sinned. We sin consistently and fall short of the glory of God. So do we go before him with the admission that we are sinful? Psalm 51 verse 1 to 5. This is David after the sin of Bathsheba. Have mercy on me, he says. Oh God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. 
Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you and against you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge Jehovah. Verse 5. This is a key one. Eh? Surely I was sinful at birth. Sinful from the time my mother conceived. David is confessing. Can you imagine David, the man that God loved his heart so much that he promised him somebody in the line of the kingdom of Israel, back at his death, back at the coming of Christ. David admitted to being a sinful man. Do you go before the Lord in admission, in confession, consistently? Because that's a spiritual discipline. If you don't, chances are, oh, you are so full of, I don't know whether I should say this or not, full of ourselves, full of pride, assuming you're the best of the best. Do you go before him consistently to say, Jehovah, forgive me today, I have sinned. I, I, I can't even point to it. Leo, I've been even I've been the children's home the whole day, Jehovah. So sitting there is Ningum. But I know somewhere my thoughts, my easy thoughts Mingi, one of them, Jehovah, might have not been pleasing to you. I'm sorry. Forgive me. But we won't leave it there. Spiritual discipline of, the spiritual discipline of confession number two is the powerful forgiving work of the cross. So just don't die in we are sinful. First Peter 2, 24 and 25, he himself, Jesus, bore our sins, this is Peter speaking, in his body on the cross, so that we may die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, we are healed. For we were like sheep going astray, but now you have turned to the shepherd and overseer of our souls. King James Version says, the bishop of our souls. We are not just sinners that we're back here. So in our confession to the Lord, daily confession, we must also get to the point of getting to understand the powerful forgiving work of the cross of Calvary. That is confession as well. Do you acknowledge the power of the cross in your life? Consistently. Do you go before the Lord and like Jehovah? I understand the cross. Do you know the message of the cross? Amanika story. Can you articulate it to yourself even? Ile Jehovah, I may not know the locations, but I understand what happened. You took upon sin fully as God of heaven. Took it all. The sin, not sins, the nature of sin, you took it upon yourself. Yoda on the cross. That's why you had to die. And I understand you forgave me on the cross of all my sins. As a result, I'm a child of God. Do you confess that consistently? That is a discipline we need. Finally, the spiritual discipline of confession is living a daily life of forgiveness. We know we are sinful by nature. We know the power of the cross upon our sinful nature. So because of the forgiving power of the cross of our lives, we have to forgive daily. Jesus said, trouble 
you will have daily. You will have it. Ephesians 4.32 Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Because of the work of the cross. What Jesus did for each one of us on the cross. This is difficult but we have to forgive. We have to. However painful it is. I know they left you by the altar. I'm just saying. You have to forgive them. You have to forgive them. Uligongo. By your bros, your sister. You have to forgive them. Because Christ forgave you. And you had a heavier, heavier thing to be forgiven for. Your eternity was changed because of your forgiveness. And that's how God sees it. And when I gave the story of the guy who owed a couple of shillings, but then when he owed more and he was forgiven, Akakataku forgive this little amount that he was owed. God was like, oh, so I will have this stuff. Go to eternal damnation. That's what it is. Guys, one of the most difficult things you're going to have to do is to be spiritually disciplined. And he said it last week. Come a gym pekeak in the past. I'm somebody has mastered the gym. Oh, there's one of us who's mastered the gym. Well, now make up. Now we know you. Well, dude. But it is not easy. I'm sure you're telling me the same. Well, who enjoys just waking up in the morning and going to run for 30 minutes and you feel like you're going to die the same way that thing is difficult but we want to really enjoy the nice figures Adonis, hallelujah the same way we want that is the same way God is saying guys these things are difficult generally it's not easy confession the discipline of confession daily is not easy because it, it has so much benefits at the end. If you're somebody who has learned the discipline of confession, you forgive very quickly. I don't mean e-forgiveness here. You genuinely forgive. You're like, imagine, this hour. Because you've probably learned. Probably. I'm saying probably. Very intentionally. And so what say you today as you finish this time together? I beg you by the mercy of God. Please, 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 please. Let's help us to be spiritual. Amen. Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. at Trubani House off Airport North Road. Have a blessed week.